On the Hunter's Advantage podcast, we talk to companies like Drury Outdoors, Vortex Optics, Sitka Gear, the National Wild Turkey Federation, and many more, all to help you. Whether you're a compound bow hunter, a traditional bow hunter, rifle hunter, or however you choose to chase your game, this podcast is the one for you. Whether you want to learn how to spot and stock elk in Colorado, how to conserve public lands, or how to start a business in the outdoor industry, we got you covered. I'm Christian Babcock. I'm going to be your host of this podcast, and my goal is to help you become the best overall hunter you can be by bringing you high-quality tips, strategy, and gear review information from brands and guests that you can trust. Thanks for tuning in on your drive to work while you're at the gym, drinking your morning coffee, or whatever you choose to do while consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We appreciate your time. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on iTunes and leave us a review of what you thought of the podcast because we're going to be giving away a premium OnX membership that has access to all 50 states. This week on the podcast, I'm joined with Scott Bakken uh, from HHA Sports. Why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do day-to-day at HHA? Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess technically, like my official title is I'm the director of sales and marketing. Um, but really, I always say I'm the company monkey. So um, I mean, with being a smaller family owned company, like we all have our own titles, but yet like we all just I mean, we do anything we can to help out, you know, where it needs to be. I've always kind of had some involvement with the company. And then um, just uh, like I said, about five years ago, I, uh, I joined uh, the company directory. Um, so I'm, we're located in central Wisconsin. I'm born and raised in Wisconsin. So it was kind right. of a, you know, it was a natural home and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a brand that I've always, uh, I've always loved and believed in. So it was kind of a, a natural fit. When are you like, Hey, I want to transition into the outdoor industry. Did you do anything beforehand that helped you or how did that work? No, this is literally all I've ever done. Uh, really? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, ever since, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, like when you're a little kid and people ask, you know, what you up. of course, when you're little, you know, you want to be a fireman, you want to be a police officer, all that stuff. But, uh, um, cool. So my family's background is construction, um, you know, building houses and carpentry and stuff like that. And so I was going to follow, you know, my dad's footsteps, my uncle's footsteps and getting into that. But then, you know, the market kind of went to crap and, you know, my dad was like, you know, you should probably focus on, you know some sort of business career and stuff, you know, that's tough business and stuff like that. And, you know, that was right about when, um, I kind of started working for this local archery shop and, um, I don't come from like a hunting family. Um, my dad actually got into hunting because of me and, uh, yeah. So, you know, I got into archery because, you know, I was watching the Robin hood videos when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid. And, um, you know, all I want, all I want to do is shoot a bow. So then that just kind of grew. And, you know, like I said, I started working for this local archery shop. And then, um, in college, I'll, I, um, well, no, it was, it was right about the time that I was actually legal age to start hunting. My uncle, um, owned a small manufacturing company and, uh, he was a hunter, but, um, you know, so that's, you know, kind of how I got interested in it. And, uh, he started a small archery company, and so that's how I actually owe like kind of where I'm at this point to him because, uh, he started this small company and, uh, I mean, I was literally like 12, 13 years old going to these trade shows with him, And I was this little, you know, kid with this high pitched voice out in the aisles trying to, you know, 
hand catalogs to grown men, you know, with these big beards. And yes. like, I'd go, I'd go up to anybody and try to sell them something. And, you know, most of them would just kind of push me away and be like, go away, kid. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got started in the industry, um, was just doing shows with him. And like, um, it's this, this year, uh, the ATA show we attend in January, this is actually my 20th ATA. Um, which is crazy because the first year I ever went was the first year it was called ATA. So it's like, you know, it's, it's makes me feel extremely old, but, um, yeah. So then since then I just, it just kind of evolved, you know, um, graduate college, went to work for a sales rep group, um, that I had done some pro staffing for. Um, and then, uh, from there I was a, I was a buyer for a large archery distribution company based in Pennsylvania. And then, um, you know, was looking to get back home to Wisconsin. And like I said, just kind of, you know, it was kind of the perfect time with HHA. They were growing like crazy and needed some help. So I said, uh, you know, I signed up. No, that's great. But so yeah, what's so, the, go yeah, ahead. But, no, I was just going to say, so yeah, this is literally all I've ever done. So no, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> if, if, if the archer, if the archery industry comes to an end tomorrow, I'm, I'm pretty screwed. Yeah, no, that's something I, I was thinking about. I'm fixing to graduate. I graduate in May. Oh, and okay. I'm just like, I'm like, man, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if I want to jump right into this outdoor industry stuff or I want to get some experience somewhere else or how this is going to look. Um, but it's been fun talking with people because there actually is a ton of opportunity out there. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is, you know, like I bring up the ATA show just, I mean, um, because I mean, that's like our, that's like our Super Bowl. So it's like, I mean, that's where you see everything and hear about everything. And I mean, every year that show grows as far as like, um, like vendors. So, I mean, there's new archery companies popping up all over the place. So, I mean, yeah, there's always opportunities in whether it's working for a manufacturer or doing a podcast like you're doing or, you know, a marketing company or so, I mean, there's always opportunity, but it's, uh, I mean, it's a great industry, especially if you just love, love the outdoors and, um, you know, doing what you love to do. So. Okay, so segueing back into uh, the products of HHA. So I was doing some research. So 14 years ago, you guys got into the single pin space, um, and I know you weren't. You maybe you weren't around in the company then. Um, but what, you know, why why was that? Why were people, you know, making this shift to use a single pin site? It started. Um, I mean, actually, I mean, so HHA was founded back in 1984, and then it was around like 95 that we actually decided to get into the single pin market mm-hmm. and prior prior to that we've we tried it all i mean we did targets we did releases we did stabilizers we did broadheads we did uh i mean all kinds basically anything that attached to a bowl we tried it right um but it was right around the mid 90s um there was another single pin company on the market and they were the only ones well they weren't the only ones but they were the ones that they were like the HHA back then. Um, but they were just, they were, uh, poorly built. Um, you know, there are a lot of plastic and stuff like that. So our founder, Harry, he was, uh, shooting indoor one, um, indoor target, uh, one night. And he just looked at this site and he's like, you know, this could be built so much better. And that's kind of what's, what stemmed the idea. And then there was a few other outside influencers that helped with it too. Um, but it just it just kind of was like right about that time like single pins were just kind of starting to pop up mm-hmm. and you know we we weren't the only ones it's just we were the ones that you know were making the the highest quality one which you know at that time they i mean even now i mean they're not cheap um but it's just 
I think just over time as, uh, you know, we've gained uh, popularity just because of, of our quality and our customer service. Um, but I think single pins in general are just getting a lot more attention just because uh, our equipment is becoming so much more efficient. And I mean, the fact of the matter is you, you'll never be more accurate than you will be with a single pin. So I think a lot of people are just are kind of starting to realize that. Yeah. So what you talked about getting away from releases, targets, stabilizers, um, stuff like that. And I've seen a lot of archery, archery companies like, for instance, Cobra used to make sites. They mm-hmm. don't anymore. Right. So why why did you guys get away from all that other stuff? Um, I think just at the time, just I mean the comp- the competition was I mean there was a lot of other bigger name players you know like in the re- in the release category at that time like you had True Fire that was just starting up which was another Wisconsin based company, mm-hmm. um, so there was a lot of other companies that already um, kind of had the roots planted in those categories, and. You know, it's just kind of one of those things like, you know, you keep throwing darts at a wall until one of them hits the mark or, you know, yeah. sticks. And it just, it just, we weren't meant to make those other products. Like, like I said, there were just already companies that were better than us and, you know, already had kind of the market cornered. And um, so when we came upon the single pin thing, that was just an area where um, there wasn't a lot of players in the game at the time. And the, the main player was making a, a good product, but it could be made better. And, um, you know, like I said, our, our founder and, and a couple of other outside influencers uh, jumped on the opportunity. So I would say you guys are in a position of, if not market leadership, definitely right there. So if I'm if I'm a hunter and, I, and I'm sitting at, at Bass Pro or Cabela's and I'm looking at, at your single pin and another single pin, like Spot Hog, what, what's going to be the difference and, and why would I want to choose HHA over the other ones? You know, that, that's, that's a question we get asked all the time. And it's probably like, I mean, it's probably a phone call we take on a daily basis. And, yeah. um, I mean, that's, that's almost like the beauty of it is like, we aren't, we still aren't the only players. I mean, I would still say like, as far as like single pins, we, we are like known for the single pin. So like, if you are looking at single pins, we're probably gonna be at the top of the list. But, um, like for example, you mentioned spot hog, which is, I would say probably one of our biggest competitors, um, there's a lot of similarities between the two. I mean, they're made in the United States. We're made in the United States. They use a lot of the same materials and stuff. Yeah. Um, probably, I mean, like on the surface, like if you're holding up two packages, you know, a spot hog package and an HHA package, the first thing you'll notice is we're brighter. Um, so our pins are hands down the brightest pins on the market. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is, it's not the quality of fiber optic because you can only buy fiber optic from like two places in the entire country, but it's the amount that we use. Um, which obviously increases cost, but right. you know, that that's one thing, you know, not to kind of go on a tangent here, but that's one thing we do a little differently is we don't really ever build anything to a certain price. Like we build, we build what we want and then how we want it. And then whatever price it comes out to be, it comes out to be, mm-hmm. but we don't like sacrificing quality or like integrity of a product to hit a certain price point. So like I said, on the surface, that's the first thing you'll notice is the brightness. Um, and then if, if you actually were to be able to handle, um, you know, not, not just spot hog, but just any site, um, a lot of the differences like in the components we use. So, um, and again, this just goes back to like building what we want. So, um, I, you know, nothing against our competitors cause I mean, they make damn good products, but like, um, you know, one thing that stands out is like if you're on Instagram or social media, you see a lot of people, you know, spray painting their sites or dipping them and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, and we get that a lot. Like, you know, people are like, well, why can't we, you know, paint our sites? Why can't we, you know, film dip them and stuff? And if you're able to take a site out of the box and do that, that means that there is um, a lot of play or a lot of room to accommodate for that extra material, mm-hmm. which means you have looser tolerances. So that is one thing I will put up against any other site on the market is our tolerances are 100%. Like they are the tightest tolerances you can have. And a lot of that comes from because we own our own machines. We have our own machine shop. So like every single part is under scrutiny and um, and it's meant to take a beating. Um, so that's, that's kind of like, you know, a functional difference. Um, but then, you know, just, I mean, if you just look at them, I mean, like I said, our sites are meant to take a beating. So, um, you know, again, like a lot of great sites out there. It's just like when you come down to the kind of the nuts and bolts of them, it's just we, I mean, I, I think we just use better, better tolerances and better, uh, better materials. So you talked about customer needs, I think, a little bit. And so how do you stay, apart from trade shows, how are you staying in tune with like, hey, this next year we're going to build this and it's going to be different in this way? Because how, how do you know that from the customers? Well, I mean, a lot of it is just listening to them. I mean, like, you know, we, we kind of touched on briefly. I mean, we do so many trade shows throughout the year and we go to so many 3D shoots. So we're constantly getting, I mean, not like direct feedback, but I mean, our phones are also ringing nonstop. So, I mean, we're always getting feedback. And um, I think that's one thing, you know, like I said, we, we're kind of, you know, we don't, we don't, we hold ourselves to like really high standards. Yeah. But I would say the one thing, the two main things that we truly focus on is the integrity and quality of our products, but then the exact same with our customer service. And part of that is listening to our customers. And I mean, there are actually several ideas or features like in our sites that were not ours, that that came from customer feedback. Um, So, I mean, the one thing with being a smaller company is that, um, you know, our timeline for product development is a little different than some of these bigger companies that have a lot more capital that you know, they can pay multiple engineers to be working on products like 18 months out or whatever. Yep. So we work on a very short like window when it comes for to product development. So a lot of the times, you know, we're not really working on new product until like halfway through the year. So like fortunately right now we're kind of getting a head start. Like we're already working on prototypes for 2020. Um, but, uh, you know, that all changes throughout the year based on the feedback that we hear from, you know, a lot of the shoots, a lot of shows and, um, and the phone calls we take. So, and I mean, we, we also watch what our competition's doing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not that you know what they're, you can, or predict what they're going to do next year, but you know, they do a lot of good things and it's like, you know, maybe we should look at doing something like that or, you know, something similar. No, that's cool. I think a lot of these smaller archery companies I had mentioned, um, Cobra archery earlier is that not having, having not a ton of employees is like not a lot of people to convince if, if there's something you can move quick right and so if there's something if there's something that's like hey these guys did this we need to do it you know you sit down with the guy that owns and runs the company let's do it you know right and so i think that's something that you guys have an advantage over a lot of people with yeah we i mean that's we have a lot of control um there's i mean there's actually i mean internally there's nothing we don't have control over whether it's at our machine shop or at the assembly um you know line or, or the office so that's you can literally keep your hands and eyes on everything. Um, and you know, like our, like on our assembly team, I mean, there isn't anything that comes, 
because basically like our like our kind of our our flow like throughout the like building a product as it gets machined and then it goes to anodizing and then it comes back for assembly but there's you know like i said with having control of all that there is not a part that does not get you know um looked over or scrutinized like and if it's if it's not if it's not like i mean it has to be perfect if it's not perfect it, it goes it doesn't get used so yeah that's the beauty of i mean there, there's obviously you know advantages and disadvantages but the advantages definitely outweigh the disadvantages just because of like having that control and stuff so and being yeah. able to react yeah so um one thing i want to talk about about sites and i think this is a thing that a lot of people don't understand about sites is the distance off the riser of how far your site goes out so you see a lot of people buying these cheaper sites maybe a three or a five pin and there's nothing wrong with those mm-hmm. um but what so the first time I saw an HHA site, um, apart from the Optimizer Lite, which is one of your, your smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Optimizer Kingpin uh, Tournament Edition, and it was so it was so long to me. Right. And I was like, I was like, why are you using that? And he was he was telling me how the, the site and the it was way off way off the riser. Because mm-hmm. so maybe you could talk a little bit about why that benefits a shooter in competition and in hunting. Yeah. So. Um... I guess you know the, the you know you you primarily see a, a dovetail like that being used like in target archery, um, but it over the last four years it's definitely transitioned into the hunting market. So this is this is Scott's opinion on on dovetails or like a, an extension bar like that. So ninety percent of the people that shoot one don't know why they shoot one. It just looks cool, right? Which right. let's be honest, like. I mean, we like looking the part, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you're out shooting on the range with your buddies, you like having the baddest ass looking setup and stuff like exactly. that. But so the actual technical like reason for an extension is the theory is the farther away your scope housing is from your bow, the less affected by torque it is. So if you torque your bow and you have your scope housing right next to the riser, the sight's going to torque the exact same amount that your bow torques, right? Where if it's farther away from your riser, it's 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 minimized, um, and it, there is some truth to that, which that's why you see a lot of the tar- the tournament guys running you know eight to ten inch you know extensions. Um, my philosophy or my opinion is, um, if you torque, you're torquing. Like torque is bad. Like so there there isn't. I mean, you could shoot a three foot extension and if you torque, you're still torquing. You know what I mean? Your yeah. rest is right above your hand. Like you're, you're, you're still not going to get the outcome you want, but, um, it is minimized with an extension. I mean, the other advantage is if you do a lot of traveling, you know, if you're using hard cases or, um, just kind of lower profile bowl cases, then, you know, you can take the bar off, put it in your backpack or whatever, and then you just slide it back on and it's right where it used to be. Um, if you do a lot of flying with, you know, your bows, then you can put your sight in your backpack, take it on this carry on. You don't have to worry about anybody messing with it. So there's all kinds of advantages, but from a, from an actual like shooters, uh, perspective, like that's technically the reason why like dovetails exist is to minimize the, the effect of torque. So, yeah. Is that something you use on your personal bow? I, um, I used to, but, um, for me, um, a dovetail, it doesn't necessarily add weight, but it puts weight in a really weird spot. So, like, imagine, 
like if you're holding like a gallon of water, right, and you have it sitting right next to your body, and then you go and you extend it out, and you just lift your arm straight up, it gets really, like the resistance increases. Well, that's kind of the same with a dovetail, is that it just extends all the weight out. So it makes your bow kind of like top heavy. So to combat that, you usually have to shoot a really heavy sidebar or back bar, which Mm -hmm. I do anyways, but I just... I'm not a believer in dovetails and you know me being a primarily a hunter i like i like having my scope away from my bow but i don't like having it that far um away but i i mean every year i i shoot one to start the year off with to see if i like it and i always go back to a fixed uh to a fixed frame so um but like another i actually just thought of this too another advantage of the dovetail is um you know, let's say like you're shooting one of our inch and five ace housing sculpts, which is our most popular. So as you extend it away from your bow, it's actually going to make the scope look smaller. So then you can actually change the alignment or the apertures of your peep in your scope housing without actually changing your peep size. So if you like shooting a three, six inch peep and um, you want to extend your scope out a little bit, technically you could go down to an eighth inch. But if you want a little bit of that white noise around the scope housing to help to, to ensure that you're centering your scope and your peep, that helps that. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I prefer just lining my peep up with the scope, like putting them right on top of each other. So, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fixed frame shooter. I, uh, like I said, I, I get the dovetail thing, but I just, I don't yeah. know. Like, like I said, I don't notice the difference. Like if I shoot a fixed frame versus a tournament, I, I shoot about the same. So, so would you would say, um, for a hunter, maybe the the kingpin and the tetra mm-hmm. are are pretty similar. In, I would for you. Yeah, I would say. I mean, for ninety, like I said, for ninety percent of the shooters, I mean, that's I mean, hands down, probably the way to go. But you know, at the end of the day, it, it's whatever whatever it, it people want to use. If they want to shoot an extension, shoot an extension. So mm-hmm. just whatever's going to make you the most confident. Right. So uh, moving on to pin size, which is something that i i started thinking about you know three four or five years ago um when i realized that on my first bow my pins were covering up almost the entire thing that i'm trying to shoot at right so i think this is something a lot of people don't know about either i I remember going to bass pro and picking up an hha site Mm -hmm. and i like how your guys packaging and has the actual scope of the site separate so you can look at it right there um but i was looking at that and i was like that is so tiny Mm-hmm. I was like, that would be so nice. It would it would be on the deer. I could I can move it around. You know, it stay mm-hmm. on. So why does why does pin size matter? Um, yeah, why does that matter from a nineteen to a ten or a twenty nine to a nineteen to a ten? It I mean it does make a huge difference. I mean like back like I mean back like when we started, everything was thirty thousandths pin size because that was the only fiber optic available. And yeah, I mean at thirty yards, you were covering up your target. You know, but. At that time, I mean, nobody was wrapping pins. Nobody was wrapping scope housings. It was literally just like a two-inch piece of fiber. Um, so you had to use a big fiber to gather the most light. So that's ultimately what it comes down to is, um, you know, a 10,000s pin. The way I, I, I kind of categorize it as is a 10,000s pin is meant for long distance. Um, so if you're somebody that's like shooting, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, even farther, then you're going to want to use a ten thousandths because if you use a nineteen thousandths, your pin is going to be coming up the tar- is going to be covering up the target like at forty yards and farther. Um, but 
the problem with a smaller pin is that it's a smaller fiber optic so it doesn't gather and it doesn't hold light as well as a bigger fiber optic so for hunting that's a disadvantage right like because we all know some of the best times for hunting is like first light and last light um so like that's where like a 19 thousandths pin would be better because in those low light conditions it's going to hold light better um and the beauty like with our sites is we have the option of your scopes coming with the adjustable rheostat on the scope housing so you can actually adjust how much fiber optic is showing and how much light is actually coming into the fiber optic so like on a 19 thousandths um you know the problem with it being a bigger fiber optic is that like midday that thing is going to be glowing like i mean like a uh like a spotlight i mean it is it, we call it the, the halo effect or the starburst effect where the pin excuse me the pin actually blows out like it's just way too bright so you can actually tone that down by covering up the fiber optics so in low light conditions, you can do that. You can actually get the 19 thousandths pin down to, you know, so it almost looks like a 10, but yet it's still bright because it's that thicker fiber optic holding light. Um, I mean, as far as the 29 thousand pins goes, I mean, they're pretty obsolete at, at this point. We sell a few of them, but um, mainly to like people that strictly hunt out of ground blinds or if they have bad eyes um, youth, um, you know, shooters, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty much all 19 and 10 right now. Um, and like I said, I mean, trying to figure out which one you want to go with, it just kind of depends, you know, are you going to be shooting longer distance or are you primarily just a hunter and you're going to be shooting to 40 yards and you want the brightest pin at the lowest, you know, lowest light hours. So, um, I mean, me personally, I shoot a 10, but um, I do do a lot of long range shooting. But then um, once hun hunting season comes, I switch to a 19 just because it, it holds light so much better. Another difference I saw in, in your sights comparative to some that I shoot. Um, so is the, the length of the scope. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these cheaper in sights, and I, I think something that people don't realize a lot is that when you have these cheaper sights, they have these cutouts on the top of the site and light goes right through. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's hard to focus um, yep. when, when it's really sunny and stuff. And I've noticed, especially on your tournament, your tournament site, and even, even your hunting sites like the Tetra, they have a longer scope, yep. like a one inch scope. So why is that? Why is that important? Um, well, like when you said, like, I mean, if you look at our scope housings, we have cutouts in ours, but a lot of that is due to, uh, the jigging for our CNC machines. Um, but sometimes they can, uh, they can kind of portray different shadows and stuff, which would kind of screw up, like, um, just kind of plays tricks with your eyes. But I mean, the, the, the I mean, literally, and honestly, the reason ours are so thick is just because, um, so we can cut a wide enough channel to have enough room to wrap our scopes. So like I said, I mean, between the, the least amount of wrap we put on a scope is three feet. And the most we put on them is six feet. So you have to have like all enough room. So like the fiber optic can't lay over the top of each other. They have to lay side by side. So yeah. that's the reason why ours are, are so wide. So we have room to wrap um, enough fiber optic around them. Um, but then still attached our, our, uh, our windage bracket on it. So, um, I mean, as far as like from a, like a, um, like an accuracy standpoint, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a half inch thick or three inches thick because you're not, I mean, you're looking at it from the face of it. Um, but I mean, the, the, I guess I would say the advantage to like having a, a wider scope housing 
is that it's going to provide more shade on the pin. So the pin's going to actually glow brighter and you shouldn't get any glare or anything in there. So that's like if you look, like you mentioned our tournament site, um, if you shot that with our sunshade on the back, that scope would actually be probably like four inches wide. And yeah. that sunshade, it does exactly what it says, is it provides shade from the sun so you don't get any glare like on a lens kit or any glare on your pin. So th there are some advantages, but like for us, it's mainly it just comes down to cosmetics and being able to get enough fiber optic wrap around each scope. Yeah, that makes sense. So on your website, something that I thought was really cool, and I've looked at a lot of websites sure. doing a podcast, and this is something that I, I found that's pretty unique, um, is your product guide. Could you could you explain it a little bit more? I know what it is, but I think people that are that are listening need to know. Um, you know, if they're trying to find a site and they don't know exactly what they want, how are you guys going to help them on your website? Yeah, so that's actually something brand new. Um, we actually like literally probably four weeks ago just wrapped up um, building this new website, and uh, that's you know that's something that I've never done before. So it it I mean it literally took us almost a year um, to get this thing like the way we wanted it but that was a new addition is is this site finder um on our on our website so we basically the way i describe like the whole hha lineup is it's um we're, we're like lego pieces so it comes down to picking what frame you want do you want a slider frame or do you want a wheel frame and if you want a wheel frame do you want a wheel in the back or do you want a wheel in the forward um, so that, that site finder kind of helps you, you know, kind of sort through that. And then at the end, it's going to spit you out. All right, this is the site you built. This is the retail price of it. And you're like, well, you know, crap, that was more money than I wanted to spend. You start over. So you can kind of like, you can really custom build, um, your site. And like, I made the comment of like the Lego comment. So once you pick your frame, you can mount any one of our scope housings to any one of the frames. So if you you know, if you build a site on a website, you go to your local shop and you're like, all right, I want our new Tetra uh, 5519, which is OTR 5519. You, you get it home. You're like, I love, I love the frame. I love the wheel for design, but man, I hate that 19,000th pin. So you can go back to your dealer and be like, I want to try a 10,000th pin. So then you can get a 10,000th pin. So it, it comes as a whole front end. And you just swap the front ends out and now you have a brand new site with a new scope housing and let's say you're shooting the 10,000th pin you're like you know like i love this i love this 10,000th pin for target shooting but for hunting i want to use the 19 well then you just pop the 19 head back on um so they're very customizable um to an extent but uh but yeah that's that's like i said that that site finder it's just kind of a it's a cool tool to play around with and just kind of see what kind of results um you can get but i mean we literally I mean, I don't even know what our skew count is up to now. I mean, it's a couple hundred between, you know, right, left-handed models and all the different pin sizes. So, I mean, we, we, we have a site for everybody. Yeah. No, I think that's great because it can be it can be kind of overwhelming uh, going in and looking, you know, you're looking at, at 15 different sites in all these different pin sizes, configurations, dovetail, fixed, all this stuff. And it's like, I don't know. And it's like, are right. you a hunter? Are you a target archer? You know, or this all this stuff. And so, I don't know. That helped me. I, I went and and did that on your site and it helped me a lot. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Well, and as we continue to grow too, I mean, we're, I mean, consumer buying habits are changing and we're, we're starting to learn more about kind of like what HHA users like and don't like. 
And so I think over time, you'll kind of start to see some skews go away. And, um, you know, like, for example, like, again, this is my opinion, like we offer, um, we offer sites with scope housings that do and do not have that adjustable rheostat that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I don't know why you would ever want to shoot a site without that adjustable rheostat. I mean, for an extra 20 bucks, you get an extra foot of fiber optic, plus you get the option of actually controlling how bright your pin is. Why would you not want that? So, like, why we even offer a scope housing that doesn't have a rheostat, like, doesn't make sense to me, but we still yes. sell a crap load of them. So, it's like, well, I'm not going to argue with the numbers, but me, it just, it doesn't make sense. So, but I think over time, like, we'll kind of take some of that confusion away by, you know, having um less options but the right options yeah so that's cool but uh until then you know like i said that site finder comes in comes in handy yeah for sure so something that was new to you guys if i'm not mistaken was selling scopes for crossbows right yeah so that's it's not new Uh, i mean we've been doing that for probably like 10, 12 years, we've had a crossbow um, sighting system. But what was new is uh, last year we partnered with uh, Vortex Optics. Um, So another Wisconsin-based company. Um, They're actually just right down the road from us. Um, But we wanted to offer a higher quality uh, crossbow scope. Um, So the one we've always been offering was a great scope. Um, I mean, Hawk made it for us. It was actually our own um, HHA scope. But, um, you know, there's there, we wanted to offer a better option for like the ASA shooters or, you know, kind of the elite crossbow shooters. Um, you know, people are spending, you know, $2,600 on crossbows now. It's like, why would you put a hundred dollars scope on it? Um, so, you know, we wanted to offer a higher quality, uh, scope. So we partnered with Vortex, um, for that. And that's been, that's been a great partnership. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, that crossbow, the, the speed dial, we've had that, I mean, I think this is its 12th year. Um, so, and it, that's been, I mean, that's been going strong for us too. Right. That's funny that you say that. I talked to Jimmy Hamilton from Vortex. Mm-hmm. I talked to him like two days ago on the podcast and I just, oh, did you really? yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, that was good. No, Vortex, yeah. they got some great stuff. I mean, and so do you guys. So it's a great partnership for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, um, I mean, they're just. You know, we try to um, kind of align like a lot of like the partnerships we form or like um, products we use with our products. You know, we try to look for companies that have a lot of similar values and like a lot of like common interests there. Um, you know, and and Vortex, I mean, we're, it's like a carbon copy of each other as far as our businesses. I mean, obviously, they're a much larger business yeah. um, and a completely different, uh, in, you know, industry. But uh um, there's just a lot of really similar aspects there. So it was, it was just a natural fit. And like I said, being, I mean, an hour from us, it was kind of like, you know, it was just kind of a match made in heaven. So that's, that's been a great partnership. And I mean, we are, we're all Vortex users. So, I mean, it's a, right. it's a, it's a great, it's a great company. So why did you guys add a rest to your product portfolio? Um, so that was, uh, actually something, um, well, let me back up. So, uh, you know, when we first, you know, kind of started talking, we we came out with a rest. Gosh, probably twenty years ago, um, and it was just a very basic rest. Like there was nothing really special about it. It was just 
you know, there wasn't a lot of refs out there and we thought we'd give it a try and it didn't, didn't go over too well. But, um, when I officially started with, uh, HHA coming from the position I held as a buyer, I had insight to a lot of products, 15,000 to be exact. So, um, I just, I felt that there was room in the market for another rest. So I can literally remember the day that I came to HHA and for my interview and they're like, you know, if we could come out with any new products, what would you come out with? I said, a drop away arrow rest. And they kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but it just, it made sense. Um, you know, we've gotten as far as we have on sites, but you know, the one thing we, we kind of ensure we never fall into is being content. Um, and you know, manufacturing, selling sites has gotten us a long ways and it still is. I mean, that's still, I mean, that's what we do, but we, it was a, there was just a time where we kind of were just like, well, you know, how many times can you reinvent the wheel? Like, I mean, a single pin is a single pin, you know what I mean? And it's, I think we all were just kind of ready to try something different. And so we, we had several strategic meetings and, you know, kind of just did a lot of brainstorming and, um, we're just like, hell, let's, let's try it. You know, like even if this thing, if it does a half a million dollars, like that's a half a million dollars that, you know, of additional revenue that, you know, for us, that's a lot, you know? So, um, yeah, it just, it just kind of made sense. And like I said, I think we were just kind of ready to enter a new market and, and like I said, it was a market that we've tried before, but didn't succeed in. And I think we were just ready to, you know, go for round two. And it's it's been it's been absolutely awesome. Um, I mean that that Virtus Rest, it was a huge learning experience from us. I mean, you would think with the manufacturing that we do and stuff like that, like making a little tiny rest would be a piece of cake. And it's uh, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's like it's like if you like if you were if you drew nothing but squares for thirty five years. And then all of a sudden the next year they're like, Hey, draw me a circle. And you're like, Oh, okay. You know, it kind of comes out looking like a square a little bit. So yeah, it, it was a huge, it was a huge learning experience, but it's, it's been absolutely awesome. Um, and, uh, actually I just ran the numbers yesterday. I mean, we're still like, we're already ahead of last year's numbers this time of year. So it's, I mean, it, it's been a great addition to, uh, to our line. Yeah. So do you, is one of the hopes with the rest that people would might start using, um, not only the sites, but the rest as a system. So when I'm checking out, I'm like, okay, I got, I got my new site. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try this rest, you know? Yeah, no, that was definitely, I mean, that was kind of the plan, right? Is, um, you know, we've made a pretty good name for ourselves in the site market. So it's like, you know, if somebody walks into a shop and is buying a new bow and they're like, well, I know I want the HHA site. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, they make a rest too. Well, yeah, you know, throw that on there too. So, I mean, that definitely was, I mean, that was the plan was to try to kind of create this whole system and without giving too much away, you know, that is still kind of our plan is to basically at one point in time when, you know, Christian, you go in to buy your new bow, like, I mean, you can never say never, but I mean, I doubt we'll ever get into building bows. Um, (laughs) maybe I just don't, I don't want to go there, but, uh, um, the hope is that when you buy a new bow, when you leave, it's like decked out head to toe with HHA. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's the dream, right? Um, whether that ever happens or not, who knows, but that, I mean, that was definitely kind of what sold us to, that was kind of the final like stake. Like, all right, let's do this is because we have the name, you know, why wouldn't this convert into, you know, the rest market and it's, and it, and it has. So. No, that's great. 
So maybe you could give us a little insight into what's next for HHA. What are you guys excited about? Um, well, actually, uh, like I said uh, earlier, we're currently working on prototypes for 2020. Um, without giving too much away, um, you, you're going to see a lot new. Um, but it's basically going to be a lot of, uh, well, I can't say too much, but it, there's going to be a lot new. Um, yeah. Not necessarily expansion into, into any new categories, but um, within our current uh, marketplace. I mean, we, we have some really cool things coming. Um, and like I, like I kind of made the comment before how we're trying to like um, kind of, I guess, do more with less and not make it so confusing for people. So yeah. we're kind of taking that idea and moving it into 2020. So like when you go to buy a new site, and 2020 you're going to be like you're not going to sit there and have to twiddle through you know 500 SKUs. you're going to be like oh yeah i want that one like it's gonna be very like blatant like oh yeah that's that's one to get um you know all the sites are going to get kind of a new facelift mm -hmm. um so it's uh it's pretty exciting um and i mean hopefully i mean it's i mean it's already marked already so i mean like i said our timelines are, are pretty short so hopefully we can get all done but um, I'm pretty confident we will. So it uh, we should have a pretty good lineup for next year. Yeah. I always think it's funny when I ask that question because people are like, uh, I want to tell you, but well, I don't I, want other people to know. That's you know? the thing. It's like I truly, like I really do want to tell you, but like that, it, it, I mean, it, I guess the honest truth is, is like I could tell you right now, but then 30 days from now, we could take a whole 180 and be like, you know what we should really do. Mm. And then you know, everything we just thought of until this point just, kind of gets pushed aside and now we have this whole new plan and you know that's kind of the beauty of like being who we are is we can do that you know what i mean so because with having everything in house if we want to call an audible we can call an audible and you right. know within 10 days we can have have the the uh, the fix implemented so but um but yeah like i said i mean you'll i mean it just the uh, as far as the whole hha look it'll it'll look different next year that's in a great. good way in a good way so what was the feedback this year um, from, you know, what were customers wanting for 2020? Um, the big thing is, um, so I'm trying to think, two years ago, we got back into the multiple pin market, yeah. um, which uh, we've always had a product in that market. And it's just never been that successful for us because single pins were always um, kind of outselling the multiple pins. So we just scrapped the multiple pins altogether and just went full force into single pins. But um, as, we're, as we grow um, and we're trying to grow our demographic and our reach, we've realized that we can't do that with solely single pins. The rest has been a huge help with that. But in the site market, if we're going to try to gain market share and try to grow, um, we need to have other options so we got into the multiple pin category two years ago and that's probably our biggest feedback is um like a lot of our western customers um they want multiple pins so um that's one area we're looking to expand in for 2020 um but outside of that i mean coming out with the tetra last year and then now the tetra tournament edition i mean we've been getting nothing but positive feedback on that um so it seems like a lot of uh customers are really excited that we have that option um and then the rest has still been um has still been a huge hit so um 
but I mean, overall, I mean, I, I mean, and, and like I said before, like we are always listening. So any feedback we get, whether it's negative or positive, we always take it as a positive because like even negative feedback is better than no feedback. Right. So, and, and we take that, like, I mean, we take that very seriously. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that's just, that's kind of what we're looking at for right now. Have you ever thought about a, or hear people asking about maybe a three pin slider from you guys? Yeah. So that's, and that's what we, that's what we offer now is a okay. three pin slider. Yep. And, you know, about six years ago, that's kind of when that first system was introduced and it was, I mean, it caught on like wildfire and then it kind of like teetered off a little bit. And I think part of the reason was it just, it intimidated a lot of people. Like they're like, wait, I have a three pin, but now it moves. Like, yeah. how, do, how, how do I use this? But now, like, like I said, it's kind of, that's kind of the thing now again. So that's why we got back into the multiple pin. And that's, that's actually the only system we make is a, is a multiple pin adjustable. And that's, that's all we'll make. Um, so we currently have that, but like I said, just through feedback from, from the different channels, we've realized that we need to expand on that system and we need to make, I mean, the system we have now is really good, especially for guys. All we do is make single pins. Um, it's good, but we realize like we need to expand on that. We need to have a little bit better offering, you know, three pins is great, but there's still people that want a five pin movable. So, um, that's one area that we're, we're looking at expanding for sure. Yeah, I couldn't see myself wanting a five pin and a movable, but I guess a few people might. Oh yeah, wait till you go like if you ever go to like one of the total archery challenges out west or something like that. That's that's all they use, and like I'm a single pin user through and through. You give me more than one pin, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So like, it gives me anxiety trying to figure out like, so like you have to aim with five pins and it moves like there's yeah, no, there's no way like I'll. I might as well just lay my bow on the ground and just throw my arrows because that's about as good as I'll, I'll shoot. Yeah, I guess people want they, they want what they want. Right. But uh, so moving on here, uh, wrapping up, is there is there any pro staff opportunities at HHA? What can people do if they want to get um, involved besides buying sites? Um, yeah, I mean, buying sites is, is the best way to be involved. But yeah. um, <laughs> no, I mean, so we do have a, a pro staff. I mean, at this time, um, just being honest, we don't, we don't have any new opportunities, but with that being said, um, you know, we're, that's another area we're kind of, uh, revamping is we know we need to have a pro staff, but before it was just kind of something where like we'd send people sites and then that was like, it, it was like, yo, here, you know, have some sites, but we weren't really utilizing them. And it, it just wasn't a very mutual, like beneficial, like we we weren't benefiting them. They weren't benefiting us type of deal. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at reworking that whole thing. So there could possibly be um, some more pro staff opportunities like coming up at the end of this year as we kind of work through some things. And um, we have a bunch of internal kind of things that we're adjusting. But um, probably the biggest thing is just being active on social media with us. So, I mean, that's one area we're really focusing on right now um, is our social media. We hired um, a new social media director and um, he's been absolutely awesome. Um, but that's probably the best thing is, is just, uh, you know, if you see something that we post that you like, give us a like or thumbs up or whatever. Um, don't ever hesitate to direct message us or comment. Um, but just, uh, you know, just be active with us on social media. We have uh, a few hashtags that we use very frequently. 
Um, probably the, I mean, the newest one is uh, hashtag HHA Nation. Um, so um, I guess that, that's probably like the, the best way, like I said, outside of going and buying a site from us. But, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's an area we're really focused on growing. And I mean, we just want to reach more people and we just want to, I mean, ultimately we just want to help people, I mean, become better shooters using our system. Yeah. So you talked about socials. What, where can we keep up with you? What are the ads and what is the website? That's the one I really want to plug. If someone wants to go grab an HHA site. So the website is just uh, hhasports.com. And then um, our, our, our biggest social media would be Instagram. And that uh, I think that's just at HHA sports. Um, and then same, we're on Facebook too. Um, and that's same, just HHA sports. So um, pretty easy to find us, but um, like I said, we just got done building this new website, so hopefully everybody uh, everybody enjoys it, and uh, it's much more interactive. So there's a lot more information. Um, you know, check out our YouTube channel too. Uh, that's another area we're getting a little more active in. We have some great um, uh, product videos and instructional videos, um, and then there's just some cool, kind of funny ones on there too. So yeah, um, yeah, no, there, there's all kinds of stuff there. Awesome. Well, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. So thanks for jumping on with me one more time with Scott uh, from HHA Sports. And thanks so much, man. Yeah, absolutely, Christian. Appreciate you having me on. As you can see, guys, HHA Sports is up to some great stuff in the site market. They're making single pins, three-pin adjustable sliders, crossbow sights, and even a new rest. Make sure to check them out at hhasports.com or HHA Sports on YouTube and Instagram. They have a wide product portfolio that is going to accommodate any archer whether you're a target archer or whether you're just a hunter make sure to check them out guys they got some great products and stay tuned for what they're up to in 2019 if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast make sure to leave us a review on itunes we're going to be giving away a premium on x membership if you leave a review and subscribe to the podcast you'll be entered and we when we hit a hundred people on the reviews we're going to be giving that away i think it's a 99 dollar value and it'll give you access to all 50 states thank you guys so much for listening and get ready for the next episode